0: Welcome to the Heroic Minds Podcast, where we uncover the heroic stories of individuals battling through adversity and rising to the top of professional sport, business, and life. Uncovering the characteristics, the secrets, the tactics to become the hero of your own story. Because it is adversity that maximizes human potential. Welcome back to the Heroic Minds Podcast. On today's episode we have Wally Shah, Pakistani, Muslim, Canadian, and poet, and someone that is trying to tackle this massive global issue of gender, race, inequality. But it's interesting because Wally approaches it in a way that I haven't personally heard before. First of all, often he speaks through poetry, which makes an impact on its own. But beyond that, He says that one of the issues is misunderstanding and a lack of will to understand the other types of people. And now that could be gender, that could be race. So this is really, this episode is about all of that. It made such a big impact on me and really checked my ego because... He's not saying, me, 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 we need more respect as being a Muslim, Pakistani, Canadian. That's not what it's about. It's in general about getting educated on the different types of people in this world, from male to female, to different races, to different sexual orientations, et cetera, that we put this front up and we don't allow ourselves to become educated on others. So then we just avoid them and keep them away from us and not welcome them in. For example, he makes a comment that Muslims don't wear turbans. And now how many people knew that? You know, I didn't actually know that, nor have I put the time in to figure that out. So this whole episode and the whole discussion makes me wonder, all the, I guess, issues of race today, and you can even stretch that to beyond race, to the other social issues that exist. Is it due to ignorance and a lack of will to become educated? Is it because of what we see around us in Hollywood films and in the media that we believe those stereotypes right away and don't take that extra time or as we'll touch in this episode ahead, we don't take, really it could be a heroic step of accepting that someone's different and then putting the effort forward to now learn about it, right? Like it's, it's like anything else in this world that is innovated and improved. It's that people are willing to put aside what they know now to then find out more. And it's in this conversation, it really leads me to believe that that could make a massive impact. But it comes down to putting aside that ego and putting aside our preconceived assumptions and notions of of different types of people in this earth and accepting the fact that there are so many different people, different types, but that doesn't mean it should trigger anger and deceit amongst people. It comes down to respect. We don't all have to like each other. We don't all have to get along. You show respect. You earn respect. It's a pretty simple game when you really break it down. But it takes a little bit of vulnerability to be willing to put yourself out there and say, you know what? I don't understand this group of people and I want to get educated on them. You know what? I think most of the time those different groups or different people in society on whatever scale would respect that. Oh, okay. This this person doesn't understand that. I you know, should explain it to them. And that builds respect right there. And it also builds a, a relationship, not that everyone has to get along. That's not it at all. It builds a relationship of understanding and okay. So now when I pass by someone wearing something that I wouldn't wear, or I pass by a couple that is a different sexual orientation than myself, I don't turn to anger because of misunderstanding. I accept what it is and I keep moving forward. Acceptance is something we talk about so many times on this podcast and we've now come to a conclusion that it's part of the heroic journey. It's part of life we're living today to overcome whatever issue it is and we've had a list of them. So I look forward to this episode. I hope you do as well and it was it was checked my ego and it, it affected my life in a really really positive way. Before we get going two things I'm going to start the episode with a clip of Wally using his spoken word, his poetry, his narrative to make an impact. So I'm going to play that clip. And also remember to check out truelocal.ca. High quality meat, locally sourced, individually packaged and shipped to your doorstep. They sent me sausage this week with cheese inside and a bunch of herbs. I don't know exactly what they were, but holy smokes. It's, It's a battle between the turkey bacon right now and the sausage. I'm not sure which is the best, but they're up there got my salmon as well my steaks so it's it's almost too good to be true and you can get $25 off a regular size box from TrueLocal.ca shipped right to your door if you use the discount code heroic minds 25 all capital letters
1: when I came to Canada with my mom in 97 my mom told me that North America was a land of freedom Of opportunity and multiculturalism she always told me that we were home but lately it's been starting to feel less like home more like isolation and feeling alone because things that I hear got me chilled to the bone we're still fighting discrimination based on religion and skin tone And even years after segregation and indigenous Holocaust, all I see is people walking over other people. Guns are cocking over people, and self-interest makes the cruel start talking over people, trying to drown out their voices. But I hear them loud and clear, and I see them because they hear the melting pot of North America runs on fear because here... People are more concerned with celebrity gossip and living urban that cultural awareness is just a burden. Wake up, meet real people and start learning because people that fear Muslims avoid Sikh people wearing turbans. And that's not even something that Muslims wear. And to that point, there's something else that I'd like to share. The Muslims, the Muslims that brought down the Twin Towers They brought our people nothing but shame. Why would terrorism be something God would ever proclaim? Real jihad is about picking up the pen and using your brain. Some people generalize and think that we're one and the same. I think they're ignorantly looking for somebody to blame. Because my mom was walking home, broad daylight in Mississauga, Ontario, walking down by Dundas in here, Ontario, when a car pulled up and threw coffee on her, threw garbage on her, no respect or honor, they drove off as she wept on the street corner and they yelled, go home, you terrorist. Go home, you terrorist. Home. But this is home. Home with the true north, strong and the free. Isn't this where you can be whoever you want it to be? Isn't home where we embrace differences between you And me, isn't home where we celebrate our diversity? Isn't home where your neighbors catch you in adversity? Don't you agree? So to the real terrorists, the people who hurt the innocent, the children and women like my mother, those who generalize others based on misconceptions, stop with your misconceptions. Find the truth beneath the lies. The next time you want to mess around, pick on someone your own size. No. Scratch that. I'm not here to fight because my mom taught me better. I just hope that we can change our home. So yeah, I mean,
2: from the beginning, I think when I got arrested, it was a culmination of looking up to the wrong role models. A lot of hip hop artists and rap artists that I saw were just like the cool guys that I wanted to be like. And for me, it was just a way to like assert my dominance because I saw these people asserting their dominance, you know? And I wanted to emulate that in a, in a lot of ways uh, and. For me, I think it also came down to being in school. I wanted to be a popular kid. Wanted to to fit in. That's why I would, I would wear like five XL T-shirts and baggy jeans, and you know, do all that. And it slowly just started changing me. And that's when I got into that situation where uh, it was a small argument that turned into a physical altercation, which led to me being arrested. And 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 for me, it wasn't just about you know me hurting my future for myself, but also. The idea that I was letting other people down because my family, uh, my mom actually, who you know was actually there and saw me get arrested, I let her down so much and she came to this country with nothing. And the idea that, you know, I'm 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 making her feel like she made the sacrifice for nothing when she left Pakistan to come to Canada. That was something that really stuck with me. You know, I didn't want to ever let her down and make her feel that way. And that's when I started thinking I got to change, not only for myself, but for the people around me and I have two younger siblings. And they were a big part of that too, because I wanted to be a good example. And also because there were so many other people that were in my peer group that were also getting into the same same struggles, same, same sort of, uh, you know, challenges. And I wanted to just be an example in terms of uh, trying to lift up my friends too, you know? So that's
0: kind of where that change started. And so when you were arrested, were you did you have a background at that point that you'd been in trouble before or when you were arrested was that like wow things i need to turn things around because this isn't me
2: yeah well i mean i had i had run into the police a couple of times and there was there was a number of other situations but that was i think that was like the turning point you know like there was like things that were, were leading up, leading up, leading up. And that was like the climax of everything wrong that was happening at the time. So it was like a big turning point where I was like, all right, this is this is where I have to draw the line. And if I don't draw it now, then I think it's going to be too late. So um, I was lucky, but you know, I wasn't alone in, in really turning that around from that turning point. I had a lot of help. So I feel grateful. I feel grateful for the, for the learning experience. You know what I mean?
0: And so what was the first thing you did after that altercation and then, you know, ending up in handcuffs when you've now turned things around, what was the first step in that?
2: Yeah. So I was really lucky because you know, shortly after that happened, we had a, we had a speaker that come to our school and he was giving a talk about, uh, you know, his life story. His name was Orlando. Bowen. Oh, and Orlando is, uh, is a really, really talented speaker. He's from Canada too. And uh, when he came to my high school and he spoke, I was like, man, that sky, this guy can tell a story, and like I, I really, I just was so inspired by it. So like, I went up to Orlando after his presentation. I started talking to him. And I told him my story, what happened to me a couple weeks ago, and we kept in touch. And there was a spark in my mind that just made me say, like, I, I wanna, I wanna share this story, you know? Like, I feel like people need to hear what I've been through, and people need to talk about what they've been through. It was just something so important with sharing our stories and our narratives. And that's when I started writing, you know, I used to write a lot of raps because like I said before, I was a big fan of hip hop and rap music, but at the time, a lot of the rap artists that I was listening to were talking about money and girls and drugs, and a lot of them still are. And, you know, from time to time, it's cool to listen to that kind of music, but there's a lot of really negative messaging behind it that young kids are listening to and they're being influenced by and I told myself I wanted to change that. And I had a teacher in high school named Miss Riley who, who really connected with her students. She was the kind of teacher that would stay after school, before school, and just talk, talk, to her, talk to her students. And she gave me a book, and the book was called The Rose That Grew From Concrete. And it was written by a rapper named Tupac Shakur. Now, a lot of people don't know, but Tupac is a poet as well as a rapper. And when I started reading Tupac's poetry, it was one of the things that just made me see poetry as a different, in a different light. Cause you think of poetry, you think about really classical sort of lyrics and words that sometimes you don't understand and really like, you know, big and full of jargon and all that stuff. And I don't know, I had that misconception about it, but this was really urban. Like I could understand everything Tupac was talking about. The language that he was speaking was the same language I was speaking same language that many other rap artists were speaking. So that was something that really drew me in and I wanted to start writing because I was already writing raps, so this was not that different. And the three-letter word RAP, R-A-P is actually an acronym and it stands for Rhythm and Poetry. So really it all came together. And that's when I started poetry. And that's when the storytelling started. Well, I mean, I was a kid getting into fights every week and all that, just never had anything positive to channel my, my, my stress and my ideas through, right? So this was one of the first times where I just had something that was positive that I could just let my stress out with, you know, share my story with them. And a lot of kids, unfortunately, they don't have things like that. So that's why you see so many kids in schools and high schools that end up turning into drugs or, uh, you know, a lot of girls end up turning to self-harm because they don't get the love or attention they need. You know, a lot of people that commit suicide at a young age, I mean, it's just because they don't have positive ways to let their stress out. And I was really lucky because I was going through a whole bunch of trash and through that, I was able to actually find something really positive. So, you know, I thank my teacher. I thank, I thank God. I think it's been it's been a really interesting journey, and it could have been very different had I not had
0: that. You know what I mean? When you speak, you're kind of challenging the the narratives of of society today. And I think it's I mean it's timing couldn't be any better with the issues we see today in society and culture with misunderstanding and racism and uh, gender discrimination. So what gave you the urge I guess to take on something so massive?
2: Well, I mean it started from the idea that I was I was someone that came from a background of ethnic minority, right? Like I I grew up with the struggle that so many other people right now are are, are dealing with. You know, and I mean I'm a
1: Pakistani Muslim individual living in the Western world, living in North America, and naturally the issues that I was hearing about, I was
2: also affected by. My parents were affected by, it, right? So I never, I never, I never thought of the people that I heard in the news that were a you know, victim of some, some of these racist uh, you know, attacks or or what you, whatever you want to call it, or discriminatory attacks. Like I never, I never saw them as very different than me. I saw them as the same people as I was, you know. Even if they weren't necessarily Muslim or Pakistani, even if they were um, Asian or Black or whatever. I mean, even if they were uh, belonged to uh, different faith groups, you know, I could still I could still resonate with their message. And that's kind of when I started thinking, like, you know, uh, why is this happening? Like, I can I can relate to so many of these people. People can relate to me. I mean, why do why do we do this? I mean, I feel like we can relate to each other more than we actually have differences. So why is there so much inequality in the world? And um, you know, coincidentally, at same time, this is when I was in university, right? So, I'm studying a lot of different uh, courses about politics and sociology, and I'm constantly learning about different things. So, I think it was great because I started learning about the idea that race in itself is, is a social construct. You know, when you think about race, it actually doesn't exist, there's no real thing called race. This is something that's made up in our minds. So whether Ben Finelli is white or whether Wally Shaw is brown actually doesn't exist. We're both human beings, you know? There's there's, there's no such thing as race. And I think when I started learning about things like this, ideas like this, is when I started talking about it. Because I already had a voice. I was already writing poetry and speaking at schools and performing, and if I was already doing that and sharing my personal story about being arrested and going to university and changing my life around it, this was just the next step. It was only natural for me to wanna raise my voice and share share my my thoughts about other inequalities that were happening and other stories that need to be shared. You know, so I think that's when I started making that transition from not just talking about my story and not just talking about myself, but talking about the stories of other people and how we need to change the world from a societal level. You know what I mean? That's that was the next step. So that's kind of how that came about.
0: OK, I, I think it's quite the courageous you know mission you've set out for yourself. And I think it's a really cool way of going about it because I think it's coming at it from two sides. You're challenging a huge issue today in society and culture taking on yeah. a big chunk of something that we see is everywhere, especially with, you know, whether it's the States or Canada or around the world. Yeah. Uh, and But at the same time too, you're coming at it from like poetry, you know, challenging that stereotype yeah. as well. Like a, you know, yeah. a male like yourself yeah. and the way you dress and the way you carry yourself. And this guy's doing poetry, like, wait a second, what? And then it's when you, when you string together these, this poetry that is so impactful that uh, even me watching the video I thought okay let's see how this goes kind of thing right and I'm sure that's what everyone else is thinking and then you in the middle of your talk you string together this awesome poetry and it makes a massive impact and you're like okay I can listen to this guy now like I'm on board with what he's challenging because he's already overcome the poetry side like in the stereotypes that may come with that I think that's awesome.
2: That's a hundred percent what it is. And I think man, my last year of university, I, I think, I think I had some of the most interesting, different, interesting contrasts um, in terms of my lifestyle, because one day I would be um, in a class learning about social science or, or poli-sci. And the next day I'd be on a flight to go and do a speaking uh, presentation in Miami. Uh, one day I'd
1: be, you know, playing, uh, university basketball against,
2: uh, you know, another university or, or we'd be playing in another college or whatever. And then the next day I'd be teaching kids in middle school poetry. You know what I mean? So I had this interesting contrast, but what it did and, and kind of what you're talking about is like, it breaks down so many stereotypes, a stereotype that you might have of a, uh, a student athlete in university, um, it gets completely broken down when you see the same guy on your team uh, posting on Instagram about the fact that he's going to teach a bunch of 12-year-olds how to write poetry. You know what I mean? So I liked it because I think that people started seeing you uh, holistically. You know, everybody everybody kind of puts these preconceived notions on people. Right? We just talked about race. I think that's one of them. But uh, even athletes, where like, athletes are often put into this box where or they're they're jerks, they're cocky, you know, they uh, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? And I think that just kind of breaks down cuz a lot of these guys yeah, they're athletes, but they're amazing people. You know, what I mean, or, yeah, this guy's a, a scholar and he and he goes to school and he reads, but you know, maybe he can maybe he can really hold a conversation. Maybe he really knows how to socialize, right? So I don't think we need to be putting these like, you know, societal boxes like that person's a nerd or that person's a uh, you know, uh, you know, one of those gong shows, whatever, right? We don't need to be doing that, right?
0: I think we do that far too often. Right. And so, I mean, again, that's such a massive issue. So what is your initial approach to that with your poetry? What is it that you think gives you the ability to access that issue and, and start to change it, especially from, from an athlete's point of view? Because even if you use that comparison, and let's say there is that stereotype in someone, an athlete that is cocky and that is you know a little bit conceited maybe and narrow minded what is you what do you think is the best way to then dive into them and and change that mindset before i i play the rest and you can hear Wally's answer which is awesome i just think it's his answer is something that we do know already but we don't take the time to believe it and that is that bad people exist in all different groups in society from all different faiths different beliefs different race different skin color different subgroups. Bad people just exist. And we, for some reason, just the way society has gone, whether it's social media, Hollywood films, whatever, we try to create a reason why someone's bad because of, well, they're, they're bad because of the, this faith. All right, well tell me five things that you know factually about that faith and why that's made them a bad person. Most people can't. We just make those assumptions because we've heard them before and we decide to believe it because it's the easy thing to do. Oh, yeah, they're bad because they believe in this. They're bad because they're from this part of the earth. Well, really bad people exist in all skin colors, from all walks of life. So to make that assumption and accusation is really a lack of education. And now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm realizing how silly that that really does sound. But now I'll let Wally give his answer.
2: Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's going to be people... From all different types of walks of life that have uh,
1: negative qualities, you know what I mean. Um, it doesn't really matter what you do or you're from; they're they're there. It's just it's human
2: nature mm. to have negative qualities. I have them too, you know. But I think the idea is that we share openly uh, and express openly some of the things that we we feel and that come from those negative qualities, you know what I mean? So one of the things that that I always try to talk about, and and, and as a leader, I think part of it too is admitting some of the things that um, aren't your strengths per se, you know? Like one of the things that I always dealt with was I come late to every practice, every single time like I came to practice, coach would be young because I was always late, you know, or there was times where I didn't take it seriously and I uh, miss one or two here and there. And it just shows at the end of the year it's like, you know, you could have you could have won an award or you could have gotten more playing time or you could have you could have been a starter, whatever. Uh and I think just talking about those things makes it much better. So the guys is cocky or, or conceited, you know I think they're they're the the ones that are actually probably looking for help. They probably want to hear people's stories and probably want to share their own stories. You know what I mean? Like I'm cocky and I'm conceited because I, I feel really self-conscious about X, Y, and Z. And that's why I let it out in this way. You know what I mean? And that's, I think, the the, the the other half of why people are the way they are, the negative qualities they have, where do they come from, right? Same thing with, with, with kids in schools. So I think this is probably the greatest way I can bring this comparison back. It's like kids that are bullies, right? Same ones, cocky, conceited, yelling, rude, talking back to teachers. Kids that are bullies, why are they bullies? It's because many times they've been hurt they've been very, very hurt in their lives, you know, whether it's by uh, having a broken family, whether it's by being abused as a kid, whatever it is, right? There's there's so many things when you come back and you talk about the narrative, you share the narrative, you share the story, you, you realize, okay, that's why this person's, uh, you know, acting out, that's why this person uh, got arrested, that's why this person's so cocky and considered. I understand what, what, why it's happening, right? So when we share these stories, we really get to, really get to the core of a lot of these issues that people are going through, you know, same thing with racist people. It's like, why are you racist? Well, I don't know, well, let's talk about it. Why do you feel that way? Oh, it's because your parents raised you that way. Oh, it's because your parents were racist, not because you actually hate those people, it's because you've been conditioned to hate those people. Right? So I think that's where it kind of brings back the narrative of why is it that people feel certain things and they act certain ways? It's because, you know, their life story, their narrative has made them feel that way. And we, we unpack that. We get to know people's stories and we can start changing people
0: that way. I think this part was really cool because as many people may have heard me say before, as I'm a big believer that when there's an issue like this, it comes down to challenging the ego because we continue to tell ourselves that we have the answers for something or what we're doing, we can justify it, but only until someone calls us out and we have to check our, our facts or check the, why we're feeling this way. When you have this it seems like almost innate disrespect for another group in, in society, whether that's because of gender, skin color, background, etc, whatever it is, if you have an assumption, all and you don't know why, but you just disagree and have this anger towards another group, check that ego and say, well, explain yourself. You know, let's give some details. It's, you know, what this, even as Wally said about his mother being disrespected and being called a terrorist, an assumption. You know, people assuming that Muslims wear turbans and they don't. It's really no different than, I mean, in North America, I would say Christianity is a lot more welcomed or more um, maybe understood. But drawing those connections between terrorists and Muslims... And making those assumptions and putting that label and stereotype on Muslims is no different than saying that all people of the Catholic Christian faith are child predators. You know, it's a, a blunt statement to make, of course, but it's the same, it's drawing those same stereotypes. Okay. So we say that, you know, because of the stories that have come out about different priests and young boys or young girls, now we just paint all people of the Catholic Christian faith with that brush of, you know, being a predator. So how, f- how fair is that? But wait a second, what if we actually broke it down and, and focused on the Catholic religion itself and separated the bad that's been done by people? It's just people, by someone. It doesn't matter what religion they're from. They were a predator as a person, not as a Catholic person. Uh,
1: uh,
2: sometimes the people that have the most to say are the ones that will never listen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Donald Trump's a great example. You know, always got something to say about something, but never, never taking the time to listen to people. You know, uh, you, you see you see so many people that are the quietest people in the room, but they're the most intelligent minds. You know, they've got they've got the most insightful things, but uh, sometimes they just don't get a chance to speak. But why why don't they get the chance to speak? Because because there's other people that intimidate or, or drown their voices out by, by certain tactics, by certain politics, right? Like here's an example, like that, that one guy on the bench that doesn't get to play that much. he might be one of the most cerebral players on the team, but he just doesn't get to show his light in other ways than maybe some of the guys that have more of a physical talent too. Do. It doesn't mean he can't contribute to the team, but he just doesn't get the same shine as those other guys because they're always competing. And I mean, obviously sports is a different realm. You can't compare it to, you know, to, to, to sometimes politics and things like that, but it's the idea that uh, a lot of people that have power, that have dominance, that have some sort of control, like to keep their control and not listen to other people's ideas. So mm-hmm. when you have people like Donald Trump who comes from uh you know extreme privilege why would he ever want to listen to someone who comes from nothing you know even though the majority of america is 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 you know ethnic and racial minorities right it's like mm-hmm. Why is that happening? You know, why why is it that there's this perpetuation of discrimination, perpetuation of the rich in, the rich get richer? You know, even though there's so many people that we need to be helping in in, in, a, in a democratic state. You know, Canada is no different. Canada has the same issues, right? We look at power being exerted by the government 40, 50 years ago in uh, Aboriginal communities and the way that these these uh, Aboriginal communities were treated. A lot of them, uh, you know, when they were when the kids in Aboriginal communities were trying to be, um, when they were being brought up, they were they were um, sent uh, to residential schools. So a lot of these kids actually had their their culture and their religion and their identity stripped from them. And that was because the government never took the time to listen to these people. They just completely drowned out their voice and they became culturally assimilated. So now I, you know, I work with some of these kids that are Aboriginal, they know absolutely nothing about their history. And that's exactly why, you know, and it's sad. It's really sad because there's so much positive and there's so much um you know to be proud of and to learn about in terms of that history and that culture. so
0: right, that diversity is so important. it it almost makes me think they they would assume because of the social and cultural situation that exists right now today and the misunderstandings, it's almost safer for them to not show those true even though they like it's safer for them to not show them through lack of even having an identity in the first place, because they've haven't been taught their history or what they, you know, their people before went through, et cetera. They, the fact that they don't know that or understand that again, unfortunately plays into their favor because then they're not harmed by it. And who knows what came first, the chicken or the egg, but it's, mm-hmm. it's an unfortunate situation that I've never opened my mind up to thinking about again, being, you know, not a minority you we never like you said you know ironically and and maybe in a negative way too the fact that i haven't taken the time to sit back and think think that way one another thing that was an eye-opener for me too and i think important for me to know was you said people that fear muslims avoid sikh people wearing turbans yeah which is i feel like must be one of the biggest misunderstandings in you know north america i think yeah like it's it's an that's another interesting conversation because it's so much of an uneducated society. Like in in your opinion, have you, have there been situations where you've run into, where, where you're kind of like, you don't even know what you're talking about because that's not even accurate. That's wrong. Like your facts are wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that happens with with, with so many people, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's crazy. Like people that, that, that I've gotten a chance to talk to, um, generally speaking, a lot of them don't know much about other cultures uh, apart from their own. You know? so I feel the like cultural awareness in general is, um, is, is very low among people. Like we tolerate others, and we know that they exist. We know that there's Sikhs and Muslims and Christians and Jews, and we, we accept it, we tolerate it, but we actually don't know much about those people. You know, we just kind of tolerate it and say it's okay and we don't think about it more than that. And I think that's a problem. I think that uh, we need to move from just simply tolerating to actually accepting it and understanding. Because uh, when you ex- when you accept and when you understand, you realize that you actually have more in common with those people uh, than you do in contrast. And it's going through a really funny thing because, you know, we make this, we make this sort of preconceived notion that if you're a Muslim, for example, you must be so radically different than Christians or Jews or whatever. And the truth is we're actually not. Like all Abrahamic religions actually are very, very, very similar, right? So when Christians say the father and Muslims say Allah, they actually mean the same thing. Allah is the Arabic word for God, uh, which correlates and is the same thing as the father, right? But how Mm -hmm. would you know that? You would only know that if you actually did your research and you looked into it, but people don't look into it, unfortunately. They just kinda, okay, he's a Muslim, cool. And a conversation. I don't want to talk about anything else. It makes me uncomfortable to talk about anything else. So I'm going to leave it at that. I tolerate you, you exist, I exist, but that's where the conversation ends. And I think that's the problem because that's not where the conversation should end. I think that's where the conversation should begin. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you're different than me. I'm going to, I'm going to accept that you're different than me and I want to understand what makes you different. That's what, that's what diversity is about. It's like, you have a buffet and you got all these different foods. You're like, all right, cool, yo. those foods are there, but I'm not gonna try them. I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna keep, I'm gonna keep eating the same food that I see. It's like, no, man, if I go to a buffet, I'm trying all the food, dog. I'm gonna like, eat the vegetarian food, I'm eating the meat. I'm I'm trying everything, you know? And I think that's just, that's the problem, and that's the simplest way to put it. Is that we don't wanna try and understand different people's views And I think that is where some of the misunderstandings come from, where people that are Sikhs get mistaken for Muslims, you know. It's like the simplest thing, but some people just don't know.
0: Right. It's something that's come up a lot of times on this podcast, actually, which is I'm really excited how this is coming full circle, because one of the biggest issues I've realized today is is accepting certain things and accepting things that affect you in a way that may not feel that good or may not a, a appear to be that positive. And we have a, a tr- we have trouble accepting that, you know, it could be our income and we justify and play to ourselves in our mind. This is what I make, you know what, I'd like to make this. So then you just justify why, you know, it's okay. You know, justify reasons why trying to make sure. yourself happy when, you know, and here's a situation where you justify to yourself that I don't need to learn about, other faiths or other beliefs or other religions, because I'll just think negatively, negatively towards them and keep myself separate and then I'll never have to deal with it. But then it's, yeah. how is that affecting the other people, which is quite a heroic thing to do for anyone. If anyone wants to, you know, this probably one of the most simple ways to show that you care for someone else or have a type of heroic um, action would be to Like I'm realizing this now is just to get educated on something or on someone that isn't understood by others. Yeah. And if you want to talk about full circle, I mean,
2: even the idea of rap being misunderstood, right? Like rap is poetry. A lot of these guys that you hear on the radio, they're just doing poetry behind a beat. That's all they're doing. So the idea of misconceptions and understanding, like, yeah, we can talk about race. We talk about religion all day, but full circle. It comes down to even simple things like what rap music is and even how that's misunderstood, you know? So I feel like it's, it it exists everywhere. And the moment that we actually try to unpack these things and get to know other people and get to know others, we we realize again, like I said before, we, we have more in common with people. There's so many connections. And those are the things that I hope that we you know, so as, a, as a society, as a, as a world, as humanity, we, we focus on, we emphasize, instead of focusing on the minute differences that are, are used as political poise to divide people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's when the world will become a better place, when we, when we start understanding and sharing those narratives. That's it. That's that's all it is, Ben. I don't think it's very hard. I think I think kids in schools understand it better than sometimes politicians that are talking about these issues. You know what I'm saying? It's very simple. We just make it more complicated than it needs to be.
0: Right. Right. Well, we think it's easier that way, too. I think, you know what, I just I'll just go misunderstanding the situation and keep pushing it under the rug. And I think it's that idea is negatively affecting people and we don't even realize it. Because we don't, like we said, we don't take the time to think about someone else's shoes, right? So yeah, yeah. In, in sharing the messages, how you do and how we're talking about it openly right now, have you ever run into situations where people haven't accepted what you're sharing?
2: Oh, of course, of course. And there's always gonna be people that are ignorant. And I think I'm okay with that, you know, I have to also accept and understand that not everybody is going to be receptive of my message. And maybe the message is just, just they're not ready for it at that certain time. Right. I mean, everyone has their own clock. Everyone has their own, uh, has their own growth. Right. I mean, people sometimes take years to learn things that some people can learn in a week. You know, Mm -hmm. this is how how life is. I mean, there's people that are, you know, well into their late thirties and, They're still doing the same things that, you know, people in their late teens are doing. You know, I mean, just their their growth is just on a different, like they're on a different trajectory. You know, I'm not saying that I'm judging them or saying that they're bad people. Like, hey, you do you. I mean, I think everyone can make smarter choices. But I think the idea is that maybe those people just aren't ready to hear my message, you know, and they'll have experiences in life that I'm sure will bring them to the point where, okay, I'm ready to listen now. You know, I've been ignorant long enough, I'm ready to listen now. And sometimes it takes those eye-opening experiences. I had one of those myself. Well, when I really want to openly talk about going to jail, being arrested in front of my mom, that that killed me, that killed her. But it took a moment like that, that made me realize, oh man, like I, I gotta wake up. I gotta understand that there's a lot of stuff that I need to take care of, you know? And sometimes people need those, those moments, you know? <laughs> and that's all there that is.
0: Yeah. I, I I really like how you put that because you don't put the blame on the individual themselves. It's just a function of their life experiences, as opposed to you saying, no, they're just they're wrong, they're dumb, they don't get they don't want to see the world how I do, which is a, a respectful way. So they're wrong. It's more okay, so they've experienced different things than me that's now led them to think this way. Okay, yeah. fair. Maybe they'll come around. Hopefully they do. If not, yeah. it's their experience that's that's led them to think that way. Like, I just think it's so much more healthy. It's such a healthy yeah. point of view that it's not someone being wrong. It's just their makeup in their mind is, yeah. is created by what they've experienced and how they've been brought up and all these different variables. That's, that's, that's a healthier way to, to, I think.
2: You don't lose sleep over it, man. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's all that it is. You don't lose sleep over it. And, 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 and everybody's going to, Look, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, you can never force something on anybody, ever, you know? Even though you you have the best, like if you're a parent, you have the best intentions, you're telling your kid, yo, know, don't do drugs. Just don't do it. Just It's a bad thing. Don't get started. It's going to ruin your life. Don't do it. If the kid wants to do it, no matter how hard that parent is coming down to them, they will find a way to do it. <laughs> And I think what's even funnier is that the heart of the parents try to hold them back. When they get that little bit of freedom, they go even further than they would have originally. So it's interesting how life works like that. Like you, you, you can't force anything on anybody. So I think people have to naturally learn on their own pace and, and, and life is a good teacher. Life experience is the best teacher. You know, I learned so I learned, I learned a shit ton of you know information in five years of university, but I don't think that Not only that, a little compared to the life experiences that I've had, life has taught me so much more. I can articulate my ideas in a way that people can understand them better, but it's the same ideas that any any regular person down the street will be able to understand, you know? So I let people fall and that's cool. And when they need help, yeah, then we can start talking. You know, but there's been lots of people that have been extremely racist to me. They've been, they've been racist to my mom. I and mean, you see my TED talk, you know what happened, right? Just, I, I, I'm just done with having hate for other people in my heart. That's not what I'm about. I don't think there's any need for that. You know, people make mistakes and they learn from it. And I think that's how life is. And, right. you know, at the end of the day, like, bring it back to sports. You know, like that one dude that's hogging the ball all the time. And his team loses. She ends up getting the loss. You know. Okay, that's because you're being a hog. Now you learn your lesson. You move on. You make the same mistake over and over. That's when you can start talking about how that person's being dumb or that person's making a mistake. But, you know, sometimes it just takes a couple of those losses and those big moments for people to realize, yeah, i got to stop hogging the ball. Yeah, i got to stop being a jerk to my teammates. Yeah, i got to stop being a jerk and being ignorant to people around me in my community. It's all that it is. And I'm telling you, man, kids in high schools get it more than people in politics that are fighting and advocating for these things. It's nuts.
0: Now I asked Wally about the situation that he spoke about in the clip that I played where his mother was had garbage thrown on her on the side of the road and was called a terrorist. And, you know, so in the situation he's in now, going from a day where he was willing to fight and potentially end up in handcuffs to now being able to accept that situation and find a way through it or deal with it i wanted to know exactly why that conversation in his mind went
2: well i mean like anybody else i'm sure if that was your mom Ben, you would be extremely upset you you'd have a very aggressive uh sort of response to it right away which many people would and and i did naturally i felt very upset about it and i'm like Yo, who's this person i'm gonna find this person have a conversation with them you know but you, you learn that it, two rights, two wrongs will never make a right. And you can't, you can't just retaliate in that manner because one, that's what people want. That, 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 then you're just going to perpetuate the stereotype that already exists against you. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're, you're, you're only making it worse for yourself when you do that. And it's hard taking the high road. It's hard being the bigger person and just saying, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more mature than this. But at the end of the day, it's a better option not only will you be able to sleep at night and say, you know what, I did the right thing, but I think you leave leave an example that way. And people will remember that example. So when people see whoever that was that did that to my mom on the street, they'll be like, man, what a fucking asshole. Mm -hmm. But when people see someone that's responding to it in a way that's very mature and taking the high road, they'll remember that and be like, yo, I want to get to know that person more. Yeah, that person's a cool guy. Let me have a conversation with him. No one's going to stop and have a conversation with the guy throwing coffee and garbage at a Muslim lady. No one's gonna care, you know. So instead of me responding by throwing car- coffee and garbage back, if I'm, if I'm, you know, being a real class activist, the people will start coming to me and they'll start supporting me naturally, which they have, which they have. So many people, um, just like you, reached out to me after watching that, that TED talk and saying, "No, I really admire the fact that you could talk about something like that so openly." You know, and that's and that's where good karma just it comes around. It comes back full circle and you realize, you know, this is why I made that decision. And and, and I see the positives that, you know, there's more good has come to me from doing this, taking the high road than any good that would have no good would have come. But whatever that would have come in terms of my satisfaction from getting my revenge, quote unquote, uh, by doing that to someone else. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's my two cents, man.
0: I have a pretty heavy question and i when you hear the word terrorist mm-hmm. that is tossed around in so many different contexts misunderstood mm-hmm. in hollywood in society in everyday conversation how do you approach that situation of diffusing the word or diffusing the idea with Tiana,
2: it, it's it's so simple like it's so simple it's just it's funny man it's like people are so quick to believe the first thing they hear.
0: I had to add my two cents in here just before I let Wally finish up where he's going, because it's awesome. And I was driving today and was listening to Macklemore and thought about you know, the song Same Love. And he says it's, it's so good. I know it's relating to homosexuality and people's discomfort with that and trying to change it. He says, America, the brave still fears what we don't know and we're not even putting an effort to know or to find out and that just relates totally to what wally is talking about but in this case it's it's more than just america
2: you know just because it's just because it's it's on tv or whatever doesn't mean that everyone that belongs with a certain group is defined by the projections of the media right it's like it's like saying all russian people are alcoholics and all they do is drink vodka you know, it's not true. Which is we have to we have to understand that yeah, people make stories up and sometimes they report the 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 stories that they know they'll get the most views out of, they'll get the most attention out of. You know, those are the zero point zero 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 one percent of people that belong to quote unquote Islam, right? So the yeah, sure, it happens. Even Muslims don't agree with it, but have you actually met someone that agrees with anything like that? Because if you talk to most of the people that believe in Islam or a Muslim or South Asian or whatever, they actually will outright condemn that and will say that those people are wrong and they have no idea what they're doing, you know? So I think the idea is, like like I said before, just getting to know these people and getting to know who they really are, not just listening to the media and listening to the first thing that comes to your mind. You know, and it's unfortunate that terrorism has become synonymous with, with Muslim people because I can make the argument that a lot of people that are non-Muslim or non-South Asian are terrorists too and they have terrorist activity. You know what I mean? I mean it's 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 just interesting, right? Like if a Caucasian person opens gunfire in the middle of Las Vegas, we call them someone with a mental illness. But if a Muslim or a South Asian person has done it, we lift into terrorist activity. You know what I mean? So I think there's this is these these double standards and these, you know, academic jargon that the laymans won't understand that it is again political ploy to divide people. So I mean, th- these are these are my opinions. These are my views. I'm not I'm not seeing this as factual information. I'm just saying this is what this is how
1: I see it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I think that the the idea that
2: people think my mom would ever be a terrorist and then throw garbage and coffee on her is so is so messed up. And it probably does come from the idea that that's all they hear and see on TV. You know? Mm-hmm. So just I mean, people people don't get the chance to. You know, they don't take the chance to chance or time to get to know people and that's where this stems from
0: right and that is the power of the narrative right like the narratives that exist which isn't only speech it's everything that we you know every storyline every plot every conversation or movie or commercial etc i think it's yeah this has been this has been eye-opening for me right like it's you know, I, people don't take the chance and I'm guilty for it too, to sit down and, and think that way. And but it, it's na-
2: but it's so natural and I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's like- It's all good. What, what is white people, right? Like people don't even think, they don't even take the chance to think about themselves. Like what does it mean to be white, Ben? Do you know what it means to be white? I don't. <laughs> where, where, do you, where, where do you come from? Ben Finelli? I'm assuming that's an Italian, you're Italian, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're, you have an Italian last name, so I assume you're Italian. But really what the hell does white mean? Because white could be Portuguese, could be Spanish, could be Polish. You don't speak any of those languages, do you? No. No. You don't, you don't eat their. You don't eat their cuisine. You don't. You don't understand their culture. They're, they're, they dress completely different. So it's like all these ideas and all these different people they fall under this umbrella of white people. But what the hell does that even mean? Because they're completely different with completely different languages, completely different cultures and cuisines, right? So just. The idea that we even have to unpack ourselves is so important. We don't even take the time to do that, you know? So that's kind of my, that's my two cents, you know? That's my feel.
0: Yeah, that's so so true. It's, it's, it was funny, I heard one a time, my, my good buddy had said that often we need to, it could be the simplest thing, but sometimes we have to hear other people say it. Not that we don't know, but that we never take the time to think about it. So when you hear it, even though you already know it, It's like, wow, that I need to think about that more often, maybe, or I should keep that in mind. You know, it's and that's a perfect example. Yeah, exactly. I think that's it, man. Before finishing up here, though, I wanted to take things one step further and actually point out so many similarities between the Muslim faith and the Christian faith. So both believe that there's one God and that all are children of him. All the prophets exist in both religions, so Noah, Abraham, Moses, David, Joseph, John the Baptist, etc., even Jesus. Both have a Bible that are very, very similar, the Bible and the Quran. Both Muslims and Christians believe in practicing their faith is good for them. Both have the commandments. Both Muslim and Christians believe that Mary was a virgin and that Jesus was born miraculously. Both believed that Jesus was was the promised Messiah and did perform miracles. Both have a Satan that exists and believe that he's the evil and tries to make people follow him instead of God. Both faiths believe that Jesus will return from heaven. Both religions believe a day of judgment will really happen and people will be judged for the lives they lead on earth. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty long list and that's not even all of them those are just ones i found in some pretty quick research. So I'm sure there are a lot more and more in depth, even I'm sure there are more similarities if I was an individual that actually studied religion. So it's, it's pretty clear cut. And I didn't know all that. I was ignorant too, and have been ignorant, and have to do my part in becoming more educated on all different groups in society. Thank you so much.
2: Oh, no, man. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I can't wait to share this with everybody on Twitter and, uh, and to have people just hear these ideas and give me their perspectives on it too. You know? So I think this has been a great opportunity for me. I want to thank you for, for having me on and giving me the opportunity and reaching out.
0: That's the end of another Heroic Minds podcast. A little bit different conversation than we've had before. And you know what? I think in a way, it is kind of a controversial topic. And I hope it is talked about further. And I hope listeners do share this with other people hey, you know what, maybe we can take an extra five minutes to learn about a different group in society, different belief. doesn't mean we have to be a part of it or believe in it, but I think it, it helps make everything better. For lack of a better explanation, I think that's a good way to put it, that it just makes everything better. That understanding is a big part of all the issues today. But it does take that effort. It does take putting that foot forward. Thanks again for listening. If you are enjoying these podcasts, remember to leave a positive review. It will keep this podcast going in the right direction. Thanks again for listening. I'm Ben Finelli. We'll talk again soon.